0: Welcome to the latest episode of Brood in Bangkok. This episode was recorded on October 11th, so before Thailand's king passed away. Since Thailand is still in mourning, we're skipping the intro and outro jingles. Um, I talked about impacts of the current mourning period in my last episode, about my own life as well as how it affects tourists. Another industry that is affected is actually the advertising industry. If you look at billboards around Bangkok, they're all showing either a black screen or a screen dedicated to the late king of Thailand. It's um, in a way a sign of respect that uh, this is seen all over the country. However, I have also heard of industry reports that are concerned about the advertising industry in thailand especially since they already had a not so strong year to begin with so i hope they find a way to make this work i wondered if there might be some government subsidies for industry especially affected by this but can't really see how that would work given that some industries might be in the entertainment industry and then you know where do you draw the line like or which industries are eligible to receive help because I can't really see um, any industries that are about selling alcohol, receiving any government subsidy. That's just not how this works. And um, for today's guest, it's actually someone who's comparatively short time in Thailand, but so are his clients. Um, He has a very unique business model, and I think it's a business model that's a bit of a look into the future on how the world will develop when location matters less or even less than it does now. And it's, uh, I think, for over the next few years, we will see more uh, concepts like this pop up over the country in Thailand as well as in other places. It will be very interesting to see how this will shape or what kind of variations it will take in the years to come. So, here's my interview with Chris Reynolds. Uh, organizer of the entrepreneur house, welcome to brood in bangkok it 's karsten and i 'm in a Bangkok hotel room um, <laughs> not, nothing 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 on uh, on what do you say on uh, nothing um, sketchy yeah nothing sketchy yeah um, so i 'm in the hotel room of Chris Reynolds who's in Bangkok for the Dynamite Circle Conference, which I'm also attending. It's a location-independent entrepreneurship conference. And Chris Reynolds is a known figure in that world for running the Entrepreneur House. Um,
1: Chris, can you tell us a bit what that is? Um, Well, thanks for having me first. uh, The Entrepreneur House is a a business accelerator for location-independent entrepreneurs. Um, It's a place where you can come and stay for a month and still be completely productive, actually a lot of times even more productive than you are on your regular schedule, and enjoy a new city or country at the same time. So what we noticed while I was digital nomading around the world is that a lot of people would come to a new city, they'd have to find new accommodation, new friends, new things to do, um, and a new place to work. and, And they need good Wi-Fi too and um that would take a lot of time and energy away from their business and productivity and so we set something up where people could come in land to a new land into a new city uh be around other like-minded entrepreneurs still be completely productive and a lot of times a lot more productive than they, they would in their home city because they're in that this environment and uh have the time of their life in places like Thailand, Barcelona, Rio de Janeiro and exotic cities around the world
0: so is it like uh, a physical house or is it like how does it what 's the what is the entrepreneur house is it,
1: it it's it, the entrepreneur house is the idea um when we stay in a place like for example, here in Thailand we stay in a um, a nice it 's like a resort apartment hotel, and everybody gets their own room and their own private bathroom and a place where they have a swimming pool, a gym, a place to work. Um, And so they have their own privacy, but we have our own business meeting too where we can work together and do our masterminding and and workshops. So uh, for the house in Thailand, that's how it's set up. The one in Barcelona, we do a bit more shared housing because they don't have the apartment hotel concept in in Barcelona or other cities. Um, So, yeah.
0: Is it so you... Is there always only
1: one house at any given time? Yeah. Yeah, I only run three to four a year just because it takes a lot away from my time is a lot of work and um, i have another business uh, that i work on the side also so i can at this point i can only do three to four a year
0: okay Uh, so basically you get a group of people together in a new location Mm -hmm. and you handle everything for them
1: pretty much yeah like a facilitator i guess you could say um I get the advisors, I get the uh, the place to work, the co-working locations, I arrange the accommodations, the fun things on the weekend, we arrange all that with the entrepreneur house. And then basically a person an entrepreneur can land into a new place, have everything set up, not worry about anything, open up their laptop and continue business as normal.
0: Okay. And in Thailand, where you set up here, or is it, was it, uh, you did it the first time last year in Thailand? Uh,
1: Yeah, I knew there were a lot, um, I, I, I'm a member of the DC, the Dynamite Circle, I knew there were a lot of entrepreneurs coming for a DCBKK conference, and, um, a lot of people said, hey, like, do one of these in Thailand, and I'm like, okay, yeah, sounds fun. So, um... Though I knew there would be 250 to 300 people here in Thailand, it'd be a good idea to set a house up for um, D.C.ers, but it's not limited to only D.C.ers. Other people, other online entrepreneurs that want to come in and stay with us, or more than welcome as long as they have a business up and running and and they're producing money we don't focus on the newbies we have we focus on entrepreneurs that have been in the game for a little while Mm. and they're making money with their business
0: so you set up a location in the first one you set up was in chiang mai right correct yeah for one month
1: yes correct
0: okay how did how did that
1: come about like how did you
0: decide on the location
1: um I just I had a lot of friends that had stayed or lived in Chiang Mai, so that helped out a lot. They gave me ideas on where to stay, and um, also I knew that after the DCBKK conference, that um, about forty percent of the people migrate to Chiang Mai afterwards for at least a week or more, and there would be a lot of location independent entrepreneurs up there. Have you been to Chiang Mai before? No, I had (laughs) never been to Chiang Mai.
0: You have never been to Shanghai uh, and you've set up, so I'm going
1: to set up everything for you uh-huh. while you're there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of sounds a little crazy, right? <laughs> but I did the same in Rio de Janeiro. Never been to Rio de Janeiro and set up the entrepreneur house down there and we landed. I came in three days early just to make sure everything was okay. Um, interviewed some other people that had lived there long term and knew the places to go and the things to do. So it's not, it sounds a little crazy, but, um, you know, it's just like anything you, you, Put the work towards, and, and it's totally possible. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you think is like? Uh, how do you, s- if you compare Thailand to to a place like or uh, Shanghai uh, to a place like Rio or to Barcelona, uh, like what do you think sets Thailand apart from other locations that you've done your entrepreneur house?
1: Um, first thing that comes to mind is cost. Obviously, um, you know you can live really well in Thailand off a thousand bucks a month, and that's the first thing. The second thing is it's it's, an, it's it's in Southeast Asia. Everybody really wants to come to Thailand. I've never met anybody that's like, hey, I don't want to go to Thailand. Everybody's like, yeah, I want to go to Thailand. That'd be so cool. So it's a desirable location. Um, it's just, you know, compared to Barcelona and Rio, it's just such a different culture. Um, they have the Muay Thai camps here. They have, uh, you know, you can learn Thai here. You can see the elephants. You can go on these meditation retreats all over the the country you can um climb mountains go to buddhist temples you can just you know it's just a, just a very different culture than the other places and and i think that's the appeal for a lot of people
0: do you think there's i mean if i think about okay rio and i've only been there for a weekend uh-huh. i think sure you could do something similar you, instead of muay thai you do i don't know capoeira yeah. and um instead of you know temples you do churches so yeah. i mean there is kind of an equivalent to a lot of things there yeah. so uh, do you feel it's just a different like the experience it's just a different shade or a different yeah. color yeah but it's essentially the same
1: yes exactly exactly the experience is very similar because you're still seeing things you're still running through the entrepreneur house, right? You're still working. You're still being productive. You're still with location-independent entrepreneurs. But instead of visiting temples, you're visiting the the ancient churches of Barcelona. Or instead of practicing Muay Thai, you're in in Rio practicing Capoeira. Um, So, yeah, very similar. That's why, you know, once you get a model of setting these up, like we have a model of setting it up and how we like to structure everything, when you go into a new country, it's not as... Even if I haven't been there, it's not as difficult as one might think, especially if you have contacts in that country. Uh, still, a lot of work, but but not as difficult as as one might think. I think. What are some difficulties you've encountered in Thailand? The oh, Thailand. Um, it, every country, not just Thailand, there's a difference in in work mentality and work ethic, and especially being from. Western countries or America, you know we have a, a really strong work ethic, and so sometimes um, we can get a little frustrated trying to set up in a new country when the work ethic isn 't as strong if that makes sense, not in a negative way, but um, it it poses challenges for sure. How much does that really matter for
0: you? i mean you just you 're getting people together in a place yeah. and you're not
1: really having a lot of interactions with the local workforce, do you? Yeah, more than you would think, actually, yeah. Because we, like in in Thailand, for example, we set up uh, airport pickups. We set up events on the weekends. Um, You know, it's not as easy as just calling up the place we're staying at and saying, hey, book a room. Um, You're calling a person whose English isn't that good. Um, You're talking to a person who... Um, says they. You know, sometimes this is with anybody, but sometimes they say they're going to get back to you, and they don't necessarily get back to you in a timely manner. Um, you're dealing with the cultural barriers of like, okay, I thought I communicated this, and that necessarily wasn't received on that manner.
0: Was there like a specific thing that you recall? Where you're like, oh man, I'm you know that dreadful to remember that
1: yeah well another thing is is sending money you know internationally and so that takes quite a while on itself but Sometimes when you, you're working with a new country or somewhere you haven't been set up yet, like I was nervous about sending money to Thailand for the first time, obviously. Really? You're like, oh, man, are they going to run away with my money? Exactly, yeah. And so like the... the people, so how did you... Well, the people send me you, their bank account, you know, and all their information. And I'm like, okay, so I'm Googling it, whether this is a legit number and a legit bank. And, and you know, there's still the chance of... They're like, oh, just send the money to the bank bank account. It'll be Okay. And a part of me is like, really, like, like you
0: had to pay the entire amount, like you've rented individual rooms for every person, right? So oh, we had to like put a
1: deposit up. Okay, right, and then when we arrive, then we make the payment for the rooms, uh, and that's different with different countries too. But in Thailand, yeah, we just put a deposit. Were there any surprises? Um, nothing really that stands out. I don't think not with setting accommodation up. Mm.
0: What about any? pleasant like something that we like wow like kind of a really kind of a wow moment where you said oh wow i didn't expect that
1: well i think the place where we stayed um is they have the the pool it's like they have an infinity lap pool and then they have an open-air restaurant and gym and everything and they were like hey um, you, you guys come to the restaurant we'll make you whatever we want or whatever you need us to make if it's like gluten free or dairy free and that was that was awesome too you know they're very hospitable here in Thailand which I, I love working in, in Thailand because um, you know they never say no to you <laughs> uh, which is a good thing you know and you're always right they put the customer first and I love that because it makes my job a bit easier when bringing 15 to 20 people that have never been to this country before Um, and you know, people's emotions get involved sometimes and I mean, there's different challenges and and you have to work with the, uh, the accommodation or the co-working place or, or whatever to get things done. Do you, do you feel that
0: the people who usually come to the entrepreneur house, are they like first time visitors to that country?
1: Um, Rio de Janeiro, yes, for sure. There were a lot of first-time visitors. Barcelona, there's a lot of first-time visitors. Um, Thailand, not so much, because I feel like a lot of people have been to Thailand to do the backpacking thing or or a brief digital nomad thing for a few months. So I would say about fifty-fifty with Thailand, but the other cities, yeah, first time.
0: Mm. How much of do you think is how? For what reasons, do people sign up for this? Were like how much is it really the convenience of it versus other? Inspirational benefits or working with other entrepreneurs.
1: No, that's number one. Inspirational benefits of working with other entrepreneurs. A lot of people um, that are online entrepreneurs are just working away in their hometown or home city, and they just get lonely. You know, they don't have their people to talk the talk. They don't have. They may have their their hometown friends or family, but they don't have people like you and me doing this back and forth. And so, if they can come into an environment where there's another, you know, a uh, couple dozen entrepreneurs surrounded with him, that's a relief, a big relief. And I found that out when I was, I used to live in Costa Rica and Peru. And when I arrived in Barcelona, um, I and found my my tribe of people, I was so, I was so relieved because I was actually lonely living on the beach in Costa Rica, even though I had a great setup. I was lonely in Peru. I didn't have my people. And when I found them, then I was like, ah. Oh. and then when I started the Entrepreneur House, I was like, people gave me that feedback. They said, you know, God, it was uh, Stephen Vander Pel Uh, he's now like one of my best friends and he he's he was working away in his little small town in the netherlands And he when he came to the first entrepreneur house, he was like man He goes I I no longer feel weird because for everybody else around me back in the netherlands. I was the weird guy I was the guy staying up late working on my computer. Nobody knew what I was doing on my computer You know, it was weird for them And he goes when I found you guys like I felt normal because i was no longer the weird guy i I was around other people that are working on a computer till 2 a.m in the morning you know and and then doing different digital nomad type things and so uh, that's the number one seller and then it's the location because some people want to go to thailand over different places Mm. is that something anybody could do setting up
0: a house and saying okay let's get a bunch of people together
1: i think i think it's something a lot of people think they can do, but when they start to do it, they realize, okay, um, I need a certain personality, or this is just not for me. I've seen a lot of people kind of start the idea, and, and a few months in, or even maybe a year in, they're just like, wow, like this is this is a lot because it's a people business, and you deal a lot of online entrepreneurs. You know, they're not necessarily dealing so much with people; they have things automated online and they're techie guys and they're introverts and guys and girls and they're introverts and they're working away and they like that, right? And the entrepreneur house is different because I have to be manageable with people and good, connecting them and arranging them and if there's problems that arise and making sure everything's smoothed out and keeping them excited about you know being in the city, away from home, doing this new thing. And, um, so people realize, oh man, this is, this is a people business. And if you're not that type of person, then you know, you're going to get burned out on it pretty quick, I think.
0: Who are these people who start similar businesses? Are they like your former clients or they're like people in your network? What, what kind of like, is there someone who like goes to the house and thinks like, oh,
1: I can do that. Or? Yeah, actually, I, there's been one that comes to mind, um, who, who's done that, And, um, but for the most part, it's just, it's just other people that think this is a really good idea because the location independent entrepreneur movement is growing and it's growing by heaps and bounds really. And there's going to be more need for it. And people are like, you know, it's, it's when, when I travel, I no longer really enjoy that much going to a hostel with other backpackers because it's the backpacker mentality, um, what I enjoy is going to a new location with a co-working with other digital nomads and that's my people, you know, they're in that mentality. Let's work and in the evening, let's go surfing. Let's work and then, um, on Saturday, we're going to go cave exploring, you know, that sort of thing. And so it's people that are working online and they want to see the world really what's your take
0: on Thailand in regards to this? I mean, you've said, okay, there's some, um, you meant, you mentioned that they have the facilities, the hotels slash apartment style buildings, the, um, service minded attitude of a lot of people working in the industry. Uh Do you see like in a world where there's more people going to be working remotely and working from other countries? Do you really see Thailand profiting a lot from that?
1: Um, profiting, I would say I hope so because I know I firmly believe there's going to be more and more people come to Thailand for that reason. And I hope Thailand as a, um, person with a cap, kind of a capitalist mentality, entrepreneur mentality, I hope Thailand can profit from it. Um, and however they decide to handle that. You seem to have some doubts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because, um, I don't believe and maybe you'd be in a better position to answer this than me but um uh, Thailand necessarily isn't a business uh, entrepreneurial mentality uh the 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 common people um the majority of the people I would say um I'd say there's a there's probably a lot of business people and people that do business here but I have seen things me personally in Thailand where um I wouldn't do business the way they did because it's not necessarily necessarily a profitable idea or business, if that makes sense. You mean the business they're doing aren't profitable? Uh, well, uh <laughs> the business they are doing aren't isn't enough uh, profitable enough. Okay, <laughs> excuse me. Does that make sense? Yeah, I see what you're what are you saying. I'd be interested in seeing your take on that too, because you live here.
0: Well, I feel a lot of it is. The exposure you have as someone who's in the country temporarily mm-hmm. is different from someone who lives here good point so um, and also it's also a very specific area or very specific slice of life you get to see yeah so I'm you know when people think about business in Thailand they think about the the, the little street side vendors yeah. who're selling the you're um, selling the, the 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 watermelon for ten baht. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard of street side vendors doing 200,000 baht in sales a month. So, Wow. Um, wow. <laughs> so um, you don't see that. Um, right, that's true. But uh, so, uh, but of course, the average person doesn't do that. These are like super prime locations, you know, where, yeah. there's like all, where they also have to pay a certain amount of money to do that. But mm-hmm. There's people who can do well with that. However, what I think people don't usually see is... Um, the company who owns a big part of the private hospitals in Thailand is worth some $10 billion. Wow, okay. And that's a you know a local entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, the malls they have here, I think they're probably better at doing malls than any other country in the world. Okay. Yeah. The malls here are nicer, and they're insanely well-visited. Yeah. They have so much money, they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. So they go and buy malls in other countries, so they start investing in Italy and other countries. Nice frozen food industry i think thailand has like i'm not sure if they have how much of the frozen chicken market Mm -hmm. they control which is again a thai startup but i mean you don't see that Mm -hmm. right you don't really see these business things happening and of course uh inbound tourism it's um um just i think bangkok is now the most visited city in the world Really? Wow. Yes. I think it came ahead from ahead of London or so. So, I mean, the tourism industry here is doing really well. And I mean, in a way that is an export. If you bring people in to consume things here, you're kind of exporting something. You're just like getting the buyers to right. pick it up in the country. Um, so I think there are some things they're very, very good at. Mm-hmm. And um, it's easy to, you know, obviously see when things are going wrong like for example we're sitting in this hotel room right now when I plucked the, uh, <laughs> uh, my, my power outlet into the wall it kind of fell out kind of or we're still looking at like the half hanging out cables from the electricity outlet and we're uh-huh. like okay I mean that's kind of a, a cheap shot to say okay so construction quality isn't as high but on the other hand um, yeah it's like there, I think there are certain things they're doing very well uh-huh. and the other things they can do a lot better yeah um it's often gets cited as a country with a high level of entrepreneurship, okay. Because l- lots of people have their own company um, or their own business for lack of alternatives, right? So, um, I mean, I think that's a reason why, for example, in a lot of other countries, people are not as entrepreneurial, is because it's so much easier and more profitable to become a specialist and work for someone else.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, the reason why I said that. Carson I was thinking that a lot of the businesses that I've seen here and again in just a limited time I've only been two months in Thailand but I was I would always think they could easily double or triple their prices and people would still pay what they're paying for some of the tourist stuff or basic products even the street vendors I don't know not the regular people but all the tourists so that was mm-hmm. my point of view. Because you're thinking they, they have a monopoly here or because you're comparing it to somewhere else? Well, I think you know, I'm definitely comparing it to somewhere else for sure. But I know the tourists that come in have a lot of money um, compared to what the prices are in Thailand. And so, like, I've been to restaurants. I've done some tours throughout the country. Um bought some clothes where I was like, oh, if that was double or triple the price, I still would have paid for it. If that makes sense.
0: It's good to know all, you know, in case, I have, <laughs> in case I'm selling you something, I'm like, you know, I got, now I know what to <laughs> charge. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what do you, I mean, your business is a bit based on the whole roaming because you've got to cover different areas where people might want to go,
1: or mm-hmm. that's your personal preference to spend time in different countries. Um, It's, the new the the places we go have been based on requests so i've heard a lot of people of wanting to go to these different cities and so then i'll just set up a house there because i know there's a lot of people that are interested in it would you ever consider setting up a permanent house somewhere i'm i'm actually doing that about with barcelona um because it's my personal preference i love i love the city and so for this year and for 2017 and 2018 um, we've been beginning to discuss ideas for a permanent place there. Have you thought about doing that in Thailand? I have, yeah.
0: What are your thoughts on the topic?
1: Uh, I, I don't think it's a bad idea at all. Um, I haven't got to the point where I can do it or I'm ready to do it yet. So I haven't done it. What's the What, what are the obstacles you're seeing? Um, if you're setting a permanent place up in a new location you definitely you're gonna have to have the customers for the entire year right and then you're gonna need to be there for a certain amount of time to get everything set up and running before you can replace yourself do you think it's easier to get customers for barcelona than chiang mai no i think chiang mai is probably much easier um however it it's just the the fact that at the stage in my life, I'm not ready to spend that much time in Chiang Mai. I enjoy a couple months out of the year to do a house here. Plus, I enjoy moving to different locations still. And if I'm gonna set up more permanently in a place, it, it would be Barcelona for me. What's the what's the reasoning behind it? For it's you? it's just because this for me has to be a lifestyle design business. And if it turns into a business where I'm doing things I really don't want to do and spending time in places I don't... Like spending time in a tropical country and <laughs> <laughs> drinking sounds horrible, coconut oil. Sounds yeah. Horrible. yeah, but I mean, I think you can agree, the older you get... Uh, why do you stay all the time in Bangkok? Uh, attraction. <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> and you have your reasons, right? Right. Be- right. I mean, the um,
0: staying in Bangkok, I mean, I always I, I do go to other places for a month or two. Mm-hmm. And then I actually realize what I like about Bangkok. Yeah. And I think that's, in a way, I keep joking about nowadays. I don't really see anything new anymore when I go traveling because I've been to, like, a lot of different places already. Yeah. But I do get reminded of what's nice where I'm already staying. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I have that feeling. Like, I started digital nomading in 2011. And after bouncing around the many places, I think we get to the point where, like, okay, I like... A certain type of home base but still with the liberty to travel whenever we need to if we want
0: why didn't you Why didn't your digital nomad journey take you to Thailand earlier
1: why did it take me here why did it not take you here earlier uh, it almost did just I would say by random chance um, I started off I almost came here initially in 2011 um, I was with a girl at the time. She was also from the states, and she wanted to be closer to home in case anything happened. She was real close to her family. I think her dad was a little sick at the time too, so we could get a, a much cheaper flight to Costa Rica than Thailand and be home in six hours as opposed to twelve or fifteen or whatever.
0: That's actually what I was talking with my about with my uh, with Jeff Amato who. Uh, I interviewed in episode, I think, 11, mm-hmm. who was talking about, okay, he opened the tanning studio in Bangkok and he was talking about, okay, his... Um, he came to Thailand, tropical country, liked it. Mm-hmm. And he sometimes thinks, okay, maybe it should, would have been nicer to go to Costa Rica because you can be anywhere in a few hours True. in the US. Um, what, like, if you look at... Um, it's interesting to hear, like, Americans really seem to focus on Costa Rica yeah. Uh is that kind of the South American Thailand or
1: um I know the states has a partnership um with Costa Rica, so there's a lot of there's a, I would say there's a lot of um business to business um between the two countries where they're promoting Costa Rican trips within the United States, so that's one. Two, it's kind of known as the retire, one of the major retirement desti- destinations for people in the States and Canada, and it's close. Um, Costa Rica and Thailand are similar in a lot of ways. The vegetation, the landscape, um, the beaches, they're both very similar. Um, Costa Rica has um, uh, no military, and so they're known as like this peaceful green type of place because they're protected by the U.S. military. So uh that's another thing and cheap flights. I think, you know, my first flight to Costa Rica was probably two hundred and fifty bucks one way, which was easy.
0: Mm. What is something you think Thailand could do to compete more with Costa Rica for retirees
1: and digital nomads? And Thailand does I think Thailand does amazing already. Um I think when it comes down to those countries it's going to be determined on personal preference Um, for digital nomads Thailand's definitely better because it's much cheaper than Costa Rica Costa Rica is nearly up to American prices so it's pretty expensive for Central America nowadays
0: what's the distribution uh, male versus female
1: Uh, I think we probably have I'd say 10 to 15% females that come to the house these days
0: is that the same in every country?
1: More or less, yeah.
0: So it's not like um, you have a higher quota in Spain than. No. What do you think was the reason for that? Is that is that just a general reflection of the digital nomad? I, I think it is. Yeah,
1: I think they're they're growing. The digital nomads may be up to fifteen or twenty percent females. I don't know. Have you heard any statistics on that? I haven't heard any
0: statistics, but it sounds about yeah. I mean, twenty is probably at the very upper end Mm -hmm. of my perception Um, but yeah I've I've noticed that and I wonder and I thought always thought a bit okay maybe it's Thailand because Thailand just seems to attract a larger share of male audiences because if you Uh go to a place like uh, I feel like if I go to other like Hong Kong or Beijing especially Mm -hmm. the share is by far not as uh, slanted towards uh, male expats so Mm -hmm. I thought it would be maybe that but yeah why is it that there's so few women in the digital nomad scene
1: do you have any um because i think that's just a general statistic for entrepreneurs in general um there's there's probably more than 20% female entrepreneurs in the scope of things but um it's much more likely for a male to start their own business and um deal with growing a business throughout the years than it is a female And I think that's just naturally programmed in our DNA. Mm. Not a good or bad thing either way. Um, You know, I love it when there's more female entrepreneurs. I think female entrepreneurs are great. But um, I think that's just a um, commonality amongst society that we're taught and it's ingrained in us and part of our DNA, too.
0: Does it influence your, um, when you set up the entrepreneur house that you try, did you try to get a balanced quota or?
1: Yeah, I do actually, I do some, give away some marketing secrets. Um, I do marketing that tailors to females um, many, many times. Okay. How does that look? Um, If maybe I'll put pictures or more females in the videos or in the, the, the pictures for the marketing or the post. That way it looks like it's not just a fraternity of dudes, you know, that's <laughs> at the entrepreneur house and building business. Okay. So, um, you try to attract more female entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I do. But because I, I like, I like the balance in it too. If there's female entrepreneurs in the house, if it's, you know, 15 guys and one girl, the, the female is going to feel, um. well, the female can feel challenged by that, right? I know if I was going to an entrepreneur house and there's 15 girls and one guy, you know, the, the, the vibe would be a bit different. Now, our very first female that came to the house was Simone Salter, um, who runs a business called Dating Rocks, and there was 11 males, and she was the only female, and she loved it uh, because it was like almost, she got 11 brothers. The guys in the house really took care of her and watched out for her in many ways. Um, if she went out, you know, they were, they were like, okay, you know, if you need us to walk you home or anything, let us know. Um, so we were um, protective of her and she really enjoyed that environment, I think. And she, she, we have a podcast with her, and she talks about it. She she had a good time. So
0: you go out with 12 people at night, and do you like...
1: Well, not always. You know, sometimes, you know, maybe we may go out as a group for dinner, but some people have to work the next day and want to go home, and so maybe six people um, we'll go out with, or, or three people, or a couple people just want to go out and have a drink or something like that. Mm.
0: What are your thoughts on different places in Thailand like why is it that Chiang Mai is so standout such
1: a standout location for digital nomads you know I don't know what started at all um, to get all the digital nomads there I can tell you what I liked is that um, I think probably living in Chiang Mai is probably the, one of the easiest places I've personally ever lived and I've heard that feedback from a lot of other people
0: what do you mean by easiest
1: it's convenient it's incredibly safe. Um, it's incredibly cheap. It's comfortable. Um, it has a lot of things to do other than, um, working. It has the mountains. It has cheap flights all around the country, around Asia. Um, it has, um, you know, mountain biking, uh, cultural experiences, temples. Um, um, it has everything in many ways, except the beach. And, it was just, I remember me and a couple other DC, uh, a couple other people from the Entrepreneur House that went, uh, that stayed with me in Barcelona and then they stayed in Thailand. And all of us were just like, man, it's just so easy to live here. And so I, I imagine that had, to do with a lot of digital nomads coming a lot of bootstrapping digital nomads are starting off a business and they can only afford 500 bucks a month and, and there's other digital nomads there. Should you be starting a business if you can only afford $500 a month? It's, it's arguable, right? (laughs) 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 It's right. Yeah. Maybe you should be living at home or maybe not. But, um, I know there's been a lot of people that have been like, Hey, I don't have any money. I had this dream to start a business Um, and Chiang Mai is a good place to do it. It's cheap, and there's other location-independent entrepreneurs that are there that I can brainstorm with. For how many people do you think that works out? I don't know. I've never looked at the statistics. Hmm. Like looking at
0: digital nomads, it's... um, I mean, having been in Bangkok for a long time, I Uh remember when the first people came around, like 2007, 2008, uh, I think Nomadic Matt uh, yeah, I was one of the first people. Yeah, and there was always a bit of a skepticism in the local expat scene about the how much of the digital
1: nomad thing is selling the dream. Um, I think it's quite a bit. For there's some companies out there that sell the dream, um, and a lot of it is that uh, because you know there's people back in the real world that are like, oh, that sounds so amazing. I want to quit my job and do that or after university, I want to go do that. Um, With the entrepreneur house, we don't, I don't necessarily sell the dream because we don't focus on the people that are just starting out. We focus on people that are already making money online and so it's like, hey, are you making money online? Cool. Okay, come with other people that are doing the same um, in Thailand. Do you
0: think there's a, in doing inspirational stuff for people who don't have a business
1: yet? I'm sure there's a purpose for them somewhere, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I know that, do you know the DNX crew? Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, Marcus and Feliz, Right. they focus a lot on that. And I don't know what the percentage of people that um, have started a business or have not started a successful business um, but I know at their events, they get a lot of people that they're selling the dream to a lot of those people. And I think that serves a good purpose because you could argue like, okay, the four hour work week sells a dream and it sold the dream to me. And here I am five and a half years later in Bangkok on a podcast with you living the dream, <laughs> living the dream. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well, it's
0: a nice, it's a nice reality to live in. Right. Uh-huh, yeah. Okay. Well, Chris, thank you very much. Um, where do people go if they want to know more about the Entrepreneur House? How do they sign up? Where's the next one? Um, can you give us some details on that?
1: Yes. Um, the very best place to go is the theentrepreneurhouse.com. It's the website. <coughs> Excuse me. It's the website and has all the information about um, what's happening with the Entrepreneur House. And you can sign up for an email list if you want to keep updated on future houses, Our 2017 schedule is tentative, uh, which I feel a little guilty about because I feel like it should be all laid out already, but for reasons we won't talk about, it's not. And um, I'm planning on, we're planning on doing a ski snowboard house. Oh, nice. Yeah. And this is early 2017, like January. Do you know where it's going to be? Um, not yet. No. Okay. (laughs) But, uh, we're working on that. Then we have Medellin on the map, Medellin, Colombia, Barcelona again, for sure. Um, again, Chiang Mai, Thailand for 2017, possibly somewhere else, but we don't know yet.
0: Cool. Well, I hope it all works out well. Thanks buddy. And you find some interesting people to, uh, join you up for the journey
1: yeah i'd love to have you come join us <laughs> <laughs> i'd have to leave bangkok
0: for that uh, so horrible, so oh so yeah, horrible that's hard that's hard yeah. you know like if you think
1: chiang mai is nice you know you gotta you gotta really live in bangkok Bangkok's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Like bangkok yeah it's an, an it's a different animal than chiang mai that's for sure
0: it is it is well thank you very much for uh having me Um, and I'm actually not going to keep you any longer because (laughs) your hotel already called you to check out while (laughs) we're recording. So, um, cool. Let's wrap this up. Thanks Uh, a lot. We'll put the links to your Entrepreneur House in the show notes so people can sign up for that and uh, also see what that is like. And, um,
1: yeah. Thanks for having me, Karsten, and it's dang good to know you, and I'm flattered that you invited me onto the podcast and I hope to have many more years of friendship awesome it's been my pleasure and it will be in the future as well i hope all right see you buddy and
0: that's it for today's episode as you can tell my voice is a bit rough uh i had a uh lot of speaking to do this week so um if i sound a bit more smoky then uh sorry about that i haven't taken up smoking yet And um, I hope to see you at the next episode of Brood in Bangkok.